This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog. And on the Laugh Button Podcast Network, Dan Natterman here, along with Noam Dorman, owner of the world-famous Comedy Cellar, Perielle Ashenbrand is with us. She's the producer of the show. She has somehow managed to become an on-air personality. Again, <clears throat> that just kind of evolved. But here we are. Um... Noam is coming to us from uh, home. I guess, Noam, you are um, not feeling well or you just didn't feel like coming into the studio. You're you're zooming it tonight. Uh, I feel fine. I, uh, you know, I have uh, kids over and um, I I don't know. I don't I, I kind of like doing it from home. I kind of like Zoom. Well, what are we going to do? Zo- about Zoom that? is OK, but sometimes we have sound issues. So if we're mindful of that, um, well, we should we should correct the sound issues because I. I just kind of like doing it from home. I'm like the rest of America. I don't want to come to work uh, anymore. But I thought we agreed that it's much more like energetically vibey when we're all in the studio. I, I didn't agree with that. No. Yes, you did. You well, said, he, yeah, he, he totally acquiesced that it was like, yeah, it he, is a better. He acqui- well, but he, his heart wasn't in it. I mean, he just was like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Huh? But you look great in that dress. But, you know, it wasn't it wasn't heartfelt. I'm an acquiescer, but I can't uh, this this mask thing with you. It's just just it's I just can't. It's so funny to me. I just. You know, I was told that you wear a mask when you gallivant around here, too. I I wear a mask when I feel like I'm around a bunch of strangers who might have covid. I try to set a good example, but I wouldn't be wearing a mask along with you and Dan. Well, that's interesting, given Dan's current situation. I think if you knew that you might be changing your tune. Does he have COVID? No, my current situation is is a couple. Yesterday, I felt a bit off. I I mean, any any probably any person would have just dismissed it as eh, you know nothing. But me being me, I did feel a bit off, so I went to get a rapid test at City MD, and it was negative. (laughs) Oh, it was a beautiful test. It was negative. Um, and it was a rapid test, but so it's not as accurate as the PCR, whatever. But the fact is, is I don't have any, I, I can smell, I don't have a headache, I don't have muscle. I just felt a bit off. And I think most people would have just said whatever, but I was being extra cautious. So I, I got a test. Yeah, I, I, I respect that. Now, have you had your third shot yet? I had my third shot. I haven't, but I will when, when I can. I, you you know, can, just make an appointment and go get it. There's nobody, nobody stopping yeah, but don't I have to get a specific? I got the Johnson Johnson. So which shot do I need? Oh, forget about that. That's like a placebo. Go go and get Moderna. Oh my! No, you're God. saying you're saying that a booster shot is literally any any shot. It could be Moderna, it could be Pfizer. What what is it exactly? Uh, uh, let me just first have a disclaimer that I'm not a doctor and don't I follow know, my really. medical advice. Doctor Dorman, what do you but ask I, I w- him? I will say that um, throughout the world they are mixing. Um, Brands. The J and J is um, kind of the laughing stock right now. Um, I just saw in Iceland. I think they have a um, uh, predominantly J and J breakthrough infect or or twice. I think twenty percent of the people vaccinated are J and J in Iceland, and forty percent of the breakthroughs are are J and J. But also there was a Mayo Clinic study which shows that the Moderna is considerably more effective than the Pfizer at preventing infection, like 30 or 40 points higher. So you're saying just get any Moderna shot. Yeah, get a Moderna shot. That's what I would do. And so just go to the drugstore or whatever, CVS. Yeah, or- yeah, that's what I would do. I'm not advising people at home to do that because I'm not a doctor, but I'm playing one on my podcast. <laughs> but um, that's what I would do, Dan. 
I wouldn't get another J and J. It's it's. Uh, I'm not going to get another J and J. I'm just saying. I I just didn't know if you were able to mix and match like that. Like if a booster had to be the same shot as the original shot. Or yeah, some, some people even think that multiple, but by mixing it, you get a wider band of of um, immunity. But if if you Google a Mayo Clinic. Uh, uh, Moderna study or whatever it is, you will see what I'm referring to. Okay. We, we, by the way, Jordan, speaking of Johnson and Johnson, we got Jordan Jensen <laughs> coming in a little bit. Uh, and the vaccine is called the Jansen. So it's, don't be confused. Uh, Jordan is not affiliated with the vaccine. But before we get to that, I did know him, especially because you're a musician, did want to bring up the passing of uh, Rolling Stone drummer Charlie Watts, who died this week at the age of 80. The cause of death has not been revealed, but he has been in ill health for a while. He had, I believe, throat cancer back in 2004, and um, I guess he's you know, had health issues since then. But anyway, he has left us this week, and obviously there's an outpouring of emotion on the social media. Um, there, there was a story, by the way. I don't know if it's true or if it's not true. Apparently, according to the story... A drunken Mick Jagger called up uh, Charlie Watts one night and said, where's my fucking drama? It's a bad impression, but whatever. And Charlie Watts, because I guess they were supposed to meet or so I don't know. Apparently, Charlie got his clothes on, went to Mick's hotel room, punched Mick in the face and said, I'm not your drummer. You're my fucking singer. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So whether that happened or not, I don't know. But it, 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 it raises the question. It doesn't beg the question because that's a misuse of the expression begs the question. <laughs> It raises the. You didn't. You didn't mention that in your book, by the way. And uh, you, you, but go ahead. The beg the question thing. Yeah, that, yeah, that says you know. You, I could have put that in there. It's yeah, something yeah. I. It, it is the kind of thing I might have included, but didn't. Yeah. But it raises the question. Who's right? Is Charlie Watts, Mick's drummer, or is Mick Charlie Watts singer? I think. I think any. I think most people would just assume that Mick is by far the more important member of the band. I mean, I, I, I would say that what Charlie Watts was trying to say is uh, you're not the head of this band. We're, we're, we're a co-equal band. And um, I'm, I don't work I'm, for you. I don't work for you. I'm not your drummer. I'm the drummer. Where's our drummer? But, but, but point you know, taken, point taken. But I might not have meant it that way. Um, but I, but it, but but is there any case that can be made that Charlie Watts is anywhere near as important or was to the band? I'm not a musician. You understand? None, none, whatso none whatsoever. You know, I mean, Mick is the front man. Mick. <laughs> OK, so let's put it this way. Charlie Watts. First of all. Charlie Watts is a good drummer by all accounts, and, and, and you can listen to the records. They're good. He's not he's not full of personality on the drums, but he's very solid. He, he is interesting to me. And the Stones are interesting to me is that he's not a loud drummer. I think he even holds the stick side stick like a jazz player. Um and so so it's an interesting rock band because they don't lead with the loud bass and drums. It's really all about Keith Richards guitar. So so Charlie Watts was sick and the Stones are on tour and they have this guy, I forget his name. He's a famous um, um, drummer. It'll come to me. Um, and they just go on and, and probably nobody really notices the difference. Right. But I don't think they could even consider touring if Keith Richards were under the weather. I mean, he, he, he is completely the sound of that band and the, and the lifeblood of that band. So yeah, without Keith, without Keith and, and, and how could they tour without Mick? I, but I dare say, and I can't, I can't really imagine them touring without Mick Jagger, but musically 
they could probably sound closer to the Stones with a with a guest singer than they could without Keith Richards. He's he's a wow. totally singular, unique dude. That's amazing to hear that. I mean, I they, would, they wouldn't tour without either of them. That, yeah. Uh, what about Ron? He was the bassist, or is the bassist? We know Ron. Ron Wood is a se- second guitarist. He's all right. You know, apparently he and he and Keith Richards have a good rapport, which is you know something you can't measure in a band. It just comes through in a kind of like a happy, buoyant sound in a band, and they like playing together. They don't step on each other's toes, and they vibe together. Like you know, like I do with Nick. You know, at, at the Olive Tree sometimes. Um, and then the, they, their, their original bass player, Bill Wyman has been out of the band for a long time. Um, so that's, that's it. But, you know, I, I don't, I never really got the whole Charlie Watts thing other than he's just a very solid, he's solid. He has this interesting style where he doesn't hit the hi-hat at the same time as a snare, which is very unique or very unique now to drummers, but it's not like, so Ringo Starr gets a bum rap, but, like you can't cover those Beatles songs without playing exactly those Ringo Starr fills that have so much personality and are so unique. Everybody remembers them. The song doesn't even sound right without them. Ringo was just this quirky, really interesting guy who who really contributed to the just the whole thing. And I don't I don't know Charlie Watts the same way. Like Satisfaction, he plays that Motown beat, but you know that's not his beat. Well, you know, I'm not musician enough to um, to really question what you're saying, but I think it's interesting. But I think, you know, because he's he, highly regarded. He is highly regarded. I by mean, people. He's a Rolling Stone. So obviously, yeah. you know, he's an important person. The thing about music is that especially with that kind of music, it's it's greater than the sum of his parts. It's not it's not it's not required that each musician have spectacular skills in music. It's it's that all the musicians together can can create a vibe and a sound. And there's a lot of forbearance that goes into meaning like it's, 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 it's what you don't play, which it's is, also, it's also the writing. I, I would imagine it's also well, the writing is huge. Yeah. You know, but I'm talking about just, I'm talking about just his performance. What you don't play is huge, you know, and, and the decision not to play certain things like Charlie Mott, Watts could very well have tremendous technique that he's just holding back because he just doesn't think it's right for the song. So you, but you can't argue with the songs. I mean, their, their records, their good records are great. Um, I, I noticed, by the way, is it unrelated, but, um, on the schedule tonight, I noticed Al Franken here at the comedy cellar. That's, uh, that's significant because even though Al has played here before, I've never seen him on the schedule under his own name. I told him, Al, we got to put your name on the line or you got to take a hike. You're going to have to go over to the stand and they're not vaccinated over there. That's what I told him. <laughs> what, so what, what, what? No, I'm kidding. I don't, I don't, I think he just, um. I think he just decided he'd like to be listed. I, I think that it's nice in a certain way for him to be listed. I think he probably enjoys being li- like, what's the downside for Al Franken? It's not like when like a, a Aziz, if Aziz was listed, like there's a, there's a run at the door, like a huge crowd is going to show up. It's not like, it's not, we're not going to be overrun with people wanting to see Al Franken, but we will get people making reservations who are more excited to see Al Franken. So it's a better audience for him, right? And then he's like, he's like one of the guys again, you know, and in his 70s and he's he's like a working comedian again. I think it's very, it's very sweet. I, I really like the guy. I, I don't know that he was ever a working comedian in the past. No, I think he, he was a writer. I, I think this is his sort of a big a beginning of his. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're right. I don't know if he's a stand up comic, but he's a working person in, in comedy show business, you know, doing SNL. It's like just one of the guys again. 
Uh, well, uh, I look forward to um, watching him, as I have mentioned. I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast. I mean, I don't watch a lot of comics. I've, I, I've been watching Jim Norton of late. Uh, and I enjoy watching Al Franken, because how often do you get to see a senator talking about his experience in the U.S. Senate? I mean, it's like, okay, there's a bunch of comics, and we all have good jokes, and that's great. But what's even more interesting to me, after being in comedy for so long, is to hear somebody with a point of view that's very, very different, whether it be Jim Norton... Uh, sucking off trannies or uh, <laughs> Al, Al Franken's experiences in the Senate, you know, talking about his interactions with Chuck Grassley on the subway, for example. You know, it's it may not I mean, it may not necessarily be the most howlingly funny thing, but how often do you get to hear somebody talking about interacting with Chuck Grassley? You know? yeah, but I think he's really funny. He is funny. But I'm saying pound for pound is is he killing harder than anybody else? No, I mean, not to you know, I don't think. But yeah, um. Pound for pound, killing harder? No, but pound for pound, is he more? But it's interesting. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is it is it going to be a a highlight of people's show? Yeah, absolutely. And, unless they're a, you know have no idea. I suppose a lot of kids don't even know how Franken is. But if if you are aware of the, the, the world, is, and you know, and they and they just know that a guy was in the Senate, you know, and and that's you know, if you're into politics in any way, then seeing Al Franken at the cellar is awesome. Yeah, so like for you, it's a dream come true. But I, I think even judging by the audience's reaction, I don't know if you've gotten any emails of people saying specifically that they enjoyed it or not. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, we got some people like him, but it just seems like they're really happy to see him. Just the vibe I get when I when I've watched him in the past, and I'll probably watch him tonight. He's pretty short, right? I didn't realize how short he was. He, well, he has a joke about that, doesn't he? Yeah, I he think does. Chuck Grassley saying, "You're." Sh I'm not going to do the joke, but yeah. Chuck they, says, you look taller. You're short. I don't know. You're shorter than you are on television. But he actually is. I mean, he's pretty short. But he's got these big, like, manly hands. But, so. but it's not shocking that a Jewish comedian is short. You know, I mean, I, I never thought of it. I just never, it never, I never thought of it one way or the other. But the notion that Stuart Smalley is short isn't shocking. He, he, he you know, he's. He's not the kind of presence where you would like Tom Cruise. You would think he's tall because he's kicking people's ass and playing superheroes. And so when you see Tom Cruise is short, that makes an impression because wait a minute. Isn't this, doesn't this guy save the world? How tall was Paul Newman? Look it up. I think he was short ish. Like my height. Like or Sylvester Stallone is short. There's another guy you're like, well, you're kicking ass on screen. You're taking on single handedly um, going into Vietnam you know, and, and saving whatever he was doing. And I didn't see the first. No, I saw the first Rambo. I didn't see the second Rambo. But the point is, is that's a person you might think would be tall. Well, it says here that Sylvester Stallone is 5'10". Oh, so he's not that short. For some reason, I thought he was short. And it also says that, that Paul Newman is 5'10", but I had always heard that he was shorter. That he's like 5'8". So who knows? Um, I don't know anything about music, but I'm going to say this. What do you know about? I know about a lot of things. What would you say? What would you say is your thing you know the most about? Like, you're, if you if you have to if you have to, if you, if you have to design a Jeopardy category for yourself, what well, would you? No, what would are you, you asking this in a hostile way? Or, yeah, of course or he is. You Don't you hear the fucking of a, tone of in his a, voice in a curious way? Both. I mean, you wouldn't probably ask this of most people. So look, look at him. It just feels like this is a question you're asking her because you doubt that she has knowledge about anything. He's. I will say he's always shocked and sometimes apologetic. Frankly. When he finds out that um, I'm much more knowledgeable than he would like for me to be. <laughs> when did that happen? 
It, it's happened a few times. My uh, m Most recently, it happened with the jam, with the blueberry jam in Maine. You have to apologize for that. Yes, that's true. She The jam was too sweet. No, and I couldn't, I couldn't, no, and I couldn't no. believe that she'd actually follow the directions. But after it sat for a while, it lost some of its sweetness. So I had to apologize for assuming that she was because well, I'll be honest, you know, she, we, she had to scale the, the recipe. <laughs> it involved fractions then. And and um, and I was just sure she 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 had, it was so sweet. I was sure she had messed up the, the math. And when it turned out she hadn't, I apologized. So, yes, and he was so sure of himself and he was such a jerk about it. Right. Like I was making blueberry jam and he was just, you know, in the kitchen. Like he has any fucking idea what he's talking about. That I knew it was so sweet. I'm well, ruining no, the jam. No, Noam can mansplain with the best of them. But yeah. to his credit, he does apologize readily yeah, when true. wrong. That's I, true. What one has to say. But would you uh, want to answer Noam's question? Or you sure, find it no, I'm too happy, condescending uh, no, to even well, it, gain to answer that. I, I, what what totally would your Jeopardy category think? It's an interesting question. What would your Jeopardy category? It's an interesting question. I know. Uh, I don't know. My, my I have eclectic knowledge. I know a lot about. Um, I know a lot about fashion. I know a lot about art. I know a lot about literature. I know a decent amount about philosophy. Um, wow. I know a pretty decent amount about comedy. I know a lot about writing. You want me to keep going? No, mine would be the Great Lakes. What, what would yours be, Dan? <laughs> French, the French language. French language. Uh, aviation, though my knowledge is not, I mean, it's, it's, it's atrophied somewhat. Um, the uh, Stanford, Connecticut. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have any good Jeopardy category for myself. Well, music. Yeah. No, you know a lot about history. And no. Yes, you do. Not about the stuff. Like I know a lot about history that pertains to things that might be going on in the news now. You know a lot about the Middle East. You know a Jeopardy. lot about the Middle East. In Jeopardy, they're going to ask about, you know, the Ottoman Empire, the Peloponnesian War, like, like the, or the, the, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, like things like this. I don't know what the fuck those things are. I mean, it was World War Two and World War One, um, Austria-Hungary. I mean, I don't really know. I, I, I know I, a lot about um, serial killers and like psychopathy stuff. Where is that? Do we have any word on Jordan Jensen? Well, I had spoken to her earlier today and she confirmed that she was you're dealing with here. comedians. They can be unreliable unless, of course... I mean, I spoke, unless it's a spot and then they're very reliable. No, I spoke to her today and she said she would be here. At what time? At seven o'clock. I told her she'd be going on at seven fifteen. Uh, well, maybe if you could send her a text. I already sent her a text. OK, she just said just walking out of West Forth now. OK, so she'll be here moment. Wait, I, I want to tell you something because I thought I thought of you when I saw this. Um. Somebody posted on social media today Keith a video of Keith Richards uh, that was taken a few years ago, I think, saying that Charlie Watts is one of the best drummers in the world, and it's because of how good Charlie Watts is that Keith is able to do what he does on the guitar. Well, who said that? Keith, Keith Richards. I that, don't know. That if may that well resonates. be again. I'm not musician enough to uh, to dispute that, and I'm. Um, you know, obviously Keith would know better than I. I um, it was interesting. Now, of course, they're old friends, so, you know, he's obviously going to be complimentary. 
Well, I mean, it wasn't like an obituary, right? Like he was just, it was in an interview. I thought it was an interesting thing. And I wondered, I actually wondered what Noam would say, but I guess now we know that it's uh, all. No, I think, I think they like playing together, you know? I mean, he's not one of the, the um, standout drummers in terms of a technical thing or in terms of inventing, you know, unique beats. He's not like Steve Gadd or, you know, the guy like did like 50 ways to leave your lover and play with Chick Corea and play with, you know, with, with, with Paul Simon and James Taylor and Steely Dan. And like one of these guys who could like be a chameleon and, and be innovative in, in so many different genres. He's not that kind of guy, drummer, but he's a really, really solid drummer. I'm not, I'm not trying to badmouth Charlie Watts. I mean, the stones are great. Hello, Jordan Jensen just joined us. And how alliterative was that? Jordan Jensen just joins Jews. Jordan is now a regular at the Comedy Cellar, and she opens for Louis C.K., and we expect big things from her, and I won't make the same mistake with Jordan that I made with Amy Schumer. I'm going to stick right by her. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going you abandoned you abandoned Amy Schumer I didn't necessarily abandon her but when she was a nobody I didn't make an effort is that to, right to be friends with her and I think it literally cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars I think if I had only stuck by her I probably would have at least gotten a job writing on her show were you stuck you know, nothing were else. you stuck to her for a br brief moment no I just I just um I treated her like anybody else you treat her like I, I treat her like anybody else, and and like a and woman. E even when it was obvious that that she was heading in an upward direction, I didn't make any extra effort. Well, so I don't plan on repeating that mistake with you. Well, that's great. <laughs> There's lots of favors you could do for me. I have lots of things I needed done. Which, by the way, isn't to say that I know for sure that Jordan's going to hit big, but I think that things are looking good. I think she's got a better chance than most. Well, well thank you. That's very sweet. Yeah. It's very One can never predict anything in this business, but, you know, if you play the odds. It's almost discouraging because you didn't have high hopes for Amy, and look at her now. No, I did have high hopes for Amy. I just didn't play. Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm very real, and I didn't, I didn't. Right, I mean, mm. the fact that I'm optimistic about something The fact is... of the matter is, is He's Amy, Amy and I, you know, we, we, we weren't, we weren't, we're not kindred spirits. We're not, um... Nothing drew us to each other, so I would have had a I would have had to have been a phony with her. Do you feel like we're? Well, I feel with you. Um, it's a little more natural. I do. That's nice. I feel it's a little more natural. Our, I wouldn't necessarily I call it a friendship at this point, but whatever it is, I feel it's a little more natural than it was. With, I feel like I get along with you better than I got along with Amy. That's not yes. I let you watch me eat sometimes. I share my well, chips with you. Like I don't a, know if it's necessarily share pervert. my chips I, with you, but I have chips in front of me that you eat all of. That's happened. Has that happened? Mm -hmm. yeah, I, nope. I, I have issues in that area, and I do. Me apply. too. I really do as well. But the good news is, is you're on a strict diet, so I'm kind of doing you a favor. I've fallen off the diet. Was I on keto? You were telling me you were only eating 1,200. Oh yeah, a well day. that's forever. That was yeah. me. No, that's me as well. Oh me you, too. Really? Why yeah. is that? 1,400 for, calories a day. I've been at 12, 1,200 or lower for 10 years now because of a. Uh, I used to be a. I used to have type two diabetes as a oh, kid. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. I was a big fat fatty, as Dan has said to me before. You're a big fat fatty. That's what he said. With all well, of I, the. I say that because you're not anymore, so it's funny. I know, but the way that you said it, there was so much love in your eyes when you <laughs> asked it, but your words betrayed you. You wanted to be like, oh, I didn't know that you used to be overweight, but what came out was the comedian, and you said, oh, did you used to be a big fat fatty? <laughs> Right, but it's all tone, as we know in comedy. Mark Norman said he used to be a big fat fatty, and I don't believe it for a second. Yeah, he said that he used to be really overweight. 
Yes, I, I don't. I just don't buy it. I can smell it on people. It's like my gaydar. It really you, goes. You're saying because he's a little too confident that you don't you don't see a former fatty in there. I don't see a former fatty in there. I know when there's a former fatty. I'm very good at picking up on it, and I don't see one in there. He might have been a little bit of a ch- you know tub scout. He might have been a little chubby chubberson, but he wasn't a big fat fatty. Well, you would know better than I, because my 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 former fatty radar is not. Uh, I guess as well tuned as yours. Oh yeah, mine. But but he does seem to have a lot of confidence for a man that's that used to. You you would think somebody that was had weight problems would be a little less have a little less uh, savoir faire with women. Yes, yes, yes. That is true. Be a little bit more neurotic. But you know that could just be sometimes that you can fake it till you make it. I will say. Yeah, Britney Spears's boyfriend is like a muscle builder guy now, and he used to be obese. No way. Yeah. That guy? Yeah. yeah. I think he we've used lo- to be obese? Yes. No, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. He's okay. trying to figure out what questions. Well, because this is not a political discussion, answer. so he's a little bit lost. But I assume you're familiar with Jordan's work on stage. She's Absolutely. She, she, are you? Yeah, I've seen her. I've seen her set. Um, I, I was looking up where, where Rolling Stone listed the, the greatest drummers. They put Charlie Watts at um, 12 and, and Ringo Starr at 14, just so you know. Wow. I could disagree with that. And they rated number one, John Bonham and Keith Moon is number two. But uh, whatever. That's it. Wait, uh, who's Keith Moon? He was from the, the who? From the who. Oh, I yeah. saw the who at MSG a couple years ago. Well, you back. probably saw them after. He probably. What year were you born? But Keith Moon has been dead for like 30 years, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, he died uh, in like 1980 or something or 79. Or, yeah, when did he die? Long t- uh, I no, don't know, a long time. The Who performance was pretty lackluster, I will say. It was kind yeah. of just like a screening of the movie Tommy. 78, he died. Oh, he's been, oh wow. Yeah, long before Jordan came, <laughs> came to, to this planet. Yeah. You're, you're I mean, really, the, 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 it's sad. Just, just finish the music. Like, so, so Keith Moon died in 78, which is really, that's, that's when the, the Who stopped being a vital band. Like, yeah. They just stopped, right, in 78. And they hung on for another 44 years or something, or 43 years. Um, way less drummer. Never been a band prior to that. This it's just something sad about that. Jordan's wondering about uh, Neil Pert, where he would rank on the Rolling Stone list. Oh, he was high, but I I, I think I closed the high, meaning he was near number one, or high, meaning he was up at like a hundred. No, no, he was high, meaning close to the top. Uh, um, you guys talk about being overweight. Not, I'll find a few. Hold on. But no, I wanted to ask Jordan because Jordan was getting a ton of spots here, like seven, eight a weekend. Mm-hmm. And then one weekend you only got four and you were really neurotic about it. It was. I have OCD. And has it bounced back? Yeah, it bounced, bounced way back. It was also a day that I only put in for four days, so I was really over it. <laughs> <laughs> and also you thought that... You I thought had, I did something wrong. You thought you had made a Jew joke in front of Esty. Yeah. And you kind of... Oh, well, that, that, that probably would explain it. That's... I thought what was the Jew joke? I'll tell you. What was the Jew joke? The Jew joke was... Um, I was talking about how I got the vaccine... And how since getting the vaccine, my periods have been completely insane, like 10, 10 days versus like three days. Uh-huh. And I was talking about how like, you know, women are having like miscarriages out here and how it's funny when you ask a man what they think about the vaccine. They're like, I'll tell you what's wrong with the vaccine. The Jews are controlling my thoughts, you know, <laughs> and you're like, meanwhile, their wife is like bleeding out next to them. But but that but I explained to her that that wasn't an anti-Jew joke. No, that wasn't an anti-Jew joke. I no. really spin out. There are weeks where I really feel fine and like I have my head on my shoulders and everything and then other weeks where I just the smallest butterfly flap can send me off and that really was you know that also was a week where I was very low on sleep 
And I really, that has a direct, I remember spinning out to you at the, that was, yeah. Yeah, you were really upset because you'd only gotten like five spots instead of eight or nine or There was ten. something else that happened. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did that mint comedy show and I had such bad, hence why I did the period joke. I had such bad cramps on stage that I didn't do that well. And I, it was the first time on one of those mint shows that I didn't do really well. And I thought she saw it and was like, I will. I'll punish so now, so, so does, does this insecurity uh, stem from having been fat? I mean, I it's the chicken or the egg kind of thing. I think the insecurity is what made me t take a lot of medication when I was a kid, which then made me gain a bunch of weight. What I mean, kind of medication? Uh, every medication. Well, Butrin, Prozac, Abilify, Effixer. Oh, really? oh, yeah. I was like very much the kid of the 2000s. That was I was just in my head a lot as a kid. I was very like. I just, I had OCD really bad, but I also just really couldn't understand the whole existential reality of, I just didn't understand why people existed. I didn't understand what made people go on living, and I was only like eight having those thoughts, so Aww. of you course. You were kind of like a child prodigy of, of existential um, uh, dread. Yes, I'm a child prodigy. I was born with existential dread, yes. And then I went to school for philosophy, which helped a lot because I learned about that everybody has existential dread and it's Yeah, but not at such a, a young age. I don't oh, yes. No, a young but age. I, I was put in a very cool school that was an alternative democratic community school that was like very hippie and that really helped me out because it was basically just the teachers being like, there is no there is no meeting, so let's have a good time, smoke some weed and grow some you know, food for us to eat and that really helped me out. But as a kid, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, what? And what is this, all this big idea about me being called Jordan? You guys just think I'm going to be the same person every day? What if I'm not? What if one day I wake up? Like when I read Kafka's Metamorphosis, yeah. that made a lot of sense to me. Nice. You know what I mean? Where I was just like, what's going to say? How do you guys know I'm gonna not going to wake up today and start spinning the heads off cats? You have no idea. No. You just, you know what I mean? And then I did a lot of acid. That also helped. My, my eight-year-old son, Manny, has a lot of existential dread. I worry about him. Periel, I think, can attest to that. He'll 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 wax philosophic sometimes. I, I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Yeah. Anyway, he's probably he's probably going to be a very funny little boy. He's not funny. Boy. He's not funny. <laughs> he's ser he's very serious. Is he serious? Yeah, he's very serious. Yeah. Serious. Well, he'll probably make really cool art, whatever it is. So, Jordan, just just so you you know, um, apropos of the the spot issue, mm -hmm. you're what thirty years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is very young for a comic. I mean, if you were trying to be an ingenue in Hollywood, I would say, yeah, that might be pushing it a little bit. But as a comedian, that's super young. Not for women. But even for women, I think it is. Even for women, I think. It, I, I would say super duper uber young, but pretty young. Yes. I mean, Leslie Jones got SNL at 50. Uh, oh, that's unheard of. That was very late. That, that is extreme. But but um, Amy Schumer started maybe 34, 35. She started, she, what, what's Amy now? Like 38, 39, 40? I don't know. But, sure. Um, it's still pretty young considering what you're accomplishing, you know, um, you know, I, I think you're in a very good position. Of course, one can't predict the future. You should be my therapist. I like and this. I just enjoy being 30, which is still young and getting, you don't even have a day job, right? I mean, I just, I, I usually do art handling like a, at once every six months for like a, with Caitlin Palufo for like a couple weeks. And this time I just had to be like, I can't do this. I can't do full night job and full day job. It was just killing me. So yeah, now I don't have a That's day job. amazing. Good Thanks. for you. That's Thank really you. cool. Well, so full-time comic. Also, 
Uh, I know you work a lot with Louie. Would you say that Louie is a mentor or just somebody you work with? He's definitely a mentor. He's definitely helped me a huge amount with my comedy. It's insane. He's like surgical with jokes. And he just he just immediately, I mean, we met because he was like, can I give you a note on a joke? And I was like, can, yeah, can I give you a note on a joke? <laughs> so like, and when we go on the road together, we, you know, we write in each other's notebooks, like while the other one's on stage, like, you know, like this should be different. This was great. This was, could be like this. And it has been so helpful. Like I used to be such a like crowd work comic and he was just basically like, you don't need to be doing that. And now I do it, you know, in a way that is like very intentional, but. He definitely exponentially grew me up in comedy working with him. It's really nice. And I know he's got a tour. This I'm actually doing a, a, a few days with him in Chicago in uh, December. That's great. Um, I guess he's using a lot of opening acts, so I was only able to get a few dates. But yeah. I guess you, you'll probably be doing some dates with him as well in the fall. Yeah, I'm with him in October and November. I was, and I just I, got back from... Oh, no, no, no. Just now I was with Dusty Slay. But we were, where were we just now? Madison and uh, Des Moines, which was pretty cool. But we're going to do theaters. Oh, you know what? I want to talk about Jordan's going to Vegas, right? I saw you on the Vegas skit. Yeah. I've never uh, been to Vegas. Well, that's significant because for the past several months, the comedy seller Vegas has only been using acts from Las Vegas because it's cheaper, basically, right? No, I mean... In L.A., in L.A. In L.A. In other words... Because crowds are smaller, because of COVID, you don't want to spend money to fly people in and put them up at the hotel, right? So you're using local acts. So we had, but we, I mean, we, we were, you know, less than half capacity by law. I'm not faulting you for it. I'm, I'm explaining it. I'm faulting you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm a little bit uh, sensitive because I often jibe him about money, but it's all in good fun. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but it seems like you're sending New Yorkers out. I mean, Jordan's going. Who are you going with? Are you going with any other New Yorkers? Well, what's really cool is two of my very, I mean, I feel like I'm friends with a lot of people at the cellar, but Ian Fidance and Shane Torres are like my buddies. And so it's like a really. Cool oh, that's that's going to be a good show. You guys are all doing together. When yeah. is that? That's um in a, like next week. It's uh, August 30th to September 6th. I need to go out there. I haven't been out there in so long, but I, every time I get ready to go, COVID uh, comes back and. Uh... So, I've never been there. I've, I've I've never gone. I have no idea. Never been to the city of Las Vegas? It's really crazy to have not been there and to talk to people about it because the shit that they say is chaotic. They're like, yeah, you're going to go into a hotel and they just all lead to other hotels and some hotels have different themes and then there's a neon graveyard and then you can see this and it's like you can go, you know, skydiving off of a building. In, it just is insane. And I'm like, is this like Epcot or is this... It's not a normal. Place. Well, well, well. The the club, the Rio, which is the hotel that you're at, yeah, with the comedy club, is not on the strip, so it doesn't connect to any other hotels. It, but it does have, I've heard, Penn and Teller. That yeah. Penn and Teller. It also has a zip line. Zipline is any, fun. I don't think there's any parachuting going on in Vegas, unless there's like an indoor place with the fan. But, am I but would you agree with this, Dan? Like Vegas is really a place where men go and oh, good. Just come unglued and get themselves in trouble. And I, I'm not sure what the appeal of Vegas is for women. Well, uh, that, that, my experience in Vegas is it's like. Is not that I go to Vegas to do a show. I'm in the Rio. I, I and I don't do anything crazy. Yeah, that's not what other people. I, I was Vegas at a strip for. club, but you can do you can go to a strip club here in New York City. So people are gambling like hundreds of thousands. Of and I don't gamble. I don't They're gamble. like fucking lives away. I play poker like once a week. 
and I'm it, I've loved poker since I was a kid, and so because of that, I've kind of I'm I'm probably not going to let myself gamble. So I, my, oh, but you can be good at poker, as I understand it. I mean, there's such a thing as being good at it and being able to make money consistently, or so I've heard. Yeah, but I'm not. I You're play not with like person. buddies, and like I know I have such an addictive personality that I know that it will just be. I'll be. It'll. I'll, all the money I make will go to to that. So instead, I'm gonna just sit at the buffet. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna zip line. I'm gonna do weird shit like neon graveyard. Maybe I'll get a tattoo there. There's you know also I mean? um, the desert is pretty spectacular surrounding Las Vegas. A lot, I was there with Dove and Pete Lee about a couple of years ago, and we went hiking. It wasn't much of a hike, but we 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 we, we, we you know we took a few steps in the desert. Yeah, I'm not gonna and, take a few steps. I hate hiking, but the go to the stuff. tour of the Hoover Dam is pretty cool. Like if you want yeah, to look at that, I did the Hoover Dam too. That's interesting. There yeah. Ernest Greenbaum is a magician. He was the last person I should have asked about Vegas. He gave me like a six-page long sheet of all of the shows that I should go to, oh, and was like, "Well, you should... won't be going to shows because you'll be working at night. So we don't really go it's... to shows when we're in Vegas." Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Also, what are, what are the Vegas odds on Harrison Greenbaum actually getting married to a woman in 2022? Is that uh... Can you believe it from um, Nebraska? I uh, think he will. I, you know, I mean. He's gone this far with it, so and we we did a whole podcast about it. But I'm I'm standing by that. I I just I just believe um, that he's a homosexual. That he's living a lie. What about him? And who's the other comic who's just who's Chris? Not Chris Gethard. What is the other guy's name? Damn, there's another comic who's married to a woman who is a writer on a TV show, and he is incredibly gay seeming. And I've always just wanted to push. I've always I literally wanted to book a lineup with both of them on, on it and watch them interact and just be like. Look, if you guys want to fuck around a little bit, we'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? It's um, man, I don't remember his name. Oh, whatever. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, whatever. I don't care. I, whatever. I'm not gonna go through the through, through the ritual disclaimers. Whatever. No, uh, no, have you she, seen the woman? What does she look like? Does she look like a she man? She looks like a guy. No, I have no okay, idea. Okay, I'm. I'm everybody <laughs> thinks I'm gay. I have lesbian mothers, and the guys I date look like women. They look like David Bowie from The Labyrinth. <laughs> so I am like very much guilty. The guy I'm dating right now, I mean, I literally was with him today, and he looks so much like a lesbian woman. People so he's not that. a comic? He is a comic. Oh, he is. Is it somebody we know? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so you, you grew up with two women, or your mother left your father and went with a woman? Or something. My mom was with my dad. My dad was the coach of my mom's rugby team. Insane, insane. And then they split up, and she started dating women. She, they both were like carpenters, really rugged, hot carpenters. And they split up, and she like tried to date men, but she was just poached by all these women. So she was like, "All right, maybe I'm gay." And the, and now she's dated women forever. So, and then she met my other mom, Michelle. And then my mom and Michelle split up, and then Michelle got with Donna, and they all kind of participated in raising me well my dad was just kind of this like uncle type figure who i like so you had four moms three so it's my mom michelle and michelle's new wife donna well why why does michelle other than the fact that michelle was dating your mom why is she qualified to be your second mom they raised a very close relationship yes 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 they they both raised me I was just with all three of them the other day. It's quite lovely. The three of them are very close friends. But Donna and Michelle are still married, and my mom is single. But yeah, and they spend a lot of time together. And because my dad was very absent, he just was like he didn't know how to raise daughters. So he just I did a lot of carpentry with him, and he was more like a buddy. And the three of them are like you know Donna's kind of like the stepdad who would give me weed and let me borrow her truck and 
Michelle would pay my phone bill and was the very maternal one. And my mom, who's like very rugged, was like the dad, you know. That's amazing. It's very, yeah, it's really, but, it's really but So you would say that you, uh, you wouldn't even classify yourself as bisexual. You're just completely hetero. No, yeah. I've tried being with women many times. It doesn't go great. <laughs> I'm so incredibly brutally straight. It's cra- My sister is the same way. We've, I mean, we've both tried a million times. And it just- I, I, I love the way Periel says, that's amazing. Like, it's, it's not just that, like, she accepted, accepting of the fact that you know, people people are not cookie cutter and you and you had this kind of uh, unique upbringing and your mom was lesbian. And everything was fine. No, she she thinks it's like you go, girl. Like, this is amazing. This no, is a better. Think, this is a no, superior no, no. way to no, grow up. You're so fucking out of touch because <laughs> the truth is, is that for so uh, it thrills me because for so many years, it was the case that like you couldn't be a parent or you supposedly couldn't be a good parent. And I'm quite a bit older than Jordan. And I remember when yeah. this was the case. Shut up. <laughs> um, and you're quite a bit older than I am. So take it easy. Um, <laughs> and I just, it's really nice that things have changed. And it also makes me think about Henry, who has basically four moms. You know, Henry, Judy Gold. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I do think it's superior. My, I actually do think that. I mean, the, oh, yeah, tell us about that. Why? Why is it superior? I can't. I was just with them two days ago, the three of them, and I was watching them interact with my niece. And like any time Dave, my sister's husband or any man would enter the the vibe shift is so it's just the men. I mean, I don't mean to say that you guys suck, but there is this like (laughs) sensation of like, I don't want to be perverted around the daughter and I don't want to be heavy handed and I don't want to be too cumbersome or whatever. And with the women, when it's all the, when it's the little girl, Sophia, my niece and me and my sister and my three moms, it's just, there's nothing is held back. Nothing is like awkward or stilted. It's just like love and a, and like a, a pile on of affection. Whereas then the guy walks in, it's like, well, when are we going to eat? And I don't know, maybe she should be wearing pants, you know, and I don't know, you know what I mean? And with women, it's like, we're just, fuck, we're just, it's just way more, it's, it's very liberating and it's very warm and it's maternal. And it really does feel like Plato's Republic style. Like, yeah, let the women raise, I mean, I don't mean to be gender normative or whatever, but there is a sensation growing up of like, it ruled having a pile of women raise a woman, you know what I mean? And then the, my dad would come in and be like, I'm going to teach you how to chop wood and do carpentry and, and drive a truck. And that was really helpful. But it was like having three figures of warmth like that, that women are just naturally have more ingrained than men, in my opinion, was, I mean, it was great. It was awesome. Like if I have a kid, I'm going to make sure that like four of my female friends are on board with, you know what I mean? I mean like that they are aligned. Well, well I, I, I can, ex- to I can totally, I can totally accept that what you're saying, but I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to say that fathers, uh, because just your dad was like a rough and tumble guy. That, that doesn't mean that necessarily that fathers are not loving, but I, but I, I, I take what you say. I, I, I can accept that. But then, um, so you would say that whatever, whatever the issues you had as a child in terms of, uh, your mental health with the drugs and all that. These are things you're probably just born with, right? These are not a reflection of, of childhood, um, the way you were raised. You think this is just natural? Um, I do think that my relationship between my dad and my mom did lead to a lot of mental health issues. I think the way that they, my dad was way too rough and tumble and my mom did kind of have to like get away from, like he just was really upset when they, when she wanted to, 
a divorce. How old were you when they split up? I was two, but the divorce like hearings and stuff went until I was like five or six. It was like many years of a lot of fighting and my dad was super angry and he was like a farm guy and my mom and him were like farm people. And then my mom was like, I want to live in like a, the city, which is like the city of Ithaca, which is still very small, but it's like, you know, and he was, so I think a lot of the aggression that he felt, because he was super in love with her. My mom was like a very magnetic, very, uh, just she's she's like a cult leader. Uh, hell of a rugby player. Yeah, she's a great <laughs> rugby player too. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I think that the I do think that the rage that went on with my dad at, w about my mom leaving, I think, did contribute to the mental health. And, and do you think any of that bad experience that you had with that particular male person in your life, your dad, uh, might have slingshotted you a, 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 in a way into a kind of a an exaggerated uh, acceptance of the superiority of all female? house like a thousand percent i'm i'm like terrified that i am straight because i'm terrified of having a kid with a man because i don't want any of that uh, any of that like rage or like you know just unbridled uh insecure like when a woman is insecure it just looks different than when a man is insecure in my experience yeah. and i'm not saying and i have a lot of masculine insecurity because of how my parents are but like I will say I, I definitely am tainted by the fact that I had like a straight up cowboy of a dad, but you know, the, but the men you date are the sound like it's the opposite. You, you're dating. They're not feminine. They're not. They look feminine, but they are. Ma oh, they I are mean, I am. Yeah. Attracted to manly men or emotionally kind of men who are not that men who I have to like educate on emotions. I am very like driven by my my biology and i can't really date like a beta npr guy you know what i mean i can't date like a philip glass as much as i would want to in my, in my house it's the, the the females who have the rage perio will tell you that my my wife is is the rageful one um i'm the one trying to keep things on an even kill and by the way i i i saw the tree limbs today with a chainsaw wow you did no, no i did beta you no beta am i that's I mean, what, my, why, 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 I, why did I have to yell and scream at me until I did it? Until she was like, why can't we hire somebody to do this? You yeah, know, I was dangerous. wondering. I could get hurt. I'm, you know, you're not supposed to do this at my age. I don't know which way the branch is going to fall. I really went through all this stuff. Why I really, didn't you hire somebody? Why? I really do think it's stupid. I, I was wondering this today in terms of, I was wondering about the word beta. Now, in the, in the, you know, in the Stone Age and much of human history, obviously, physical strength meant everything. So, I guess an alpha male would have been the strong guy, you know, that could kick the other guy's asses and take the women, right? That was the definition of the alpha male. But I in, wish that I wasn't attracted to the alpha male. I hate the alpha But male. in modern really? times, of course, physical strength is of some value, but obviously um, much less important. Would, 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 for example, Mark Zuckerberg, who's worth $100 billion, is that an alpha by by definition? If you're no. worth a hundred billion, no. you're automatically an alpha. No. Oh, certainly not. I think it's hard for alphas to yeah. make that much money. There's no way she's definitely sticking so, her so, fingers so up what, his butt, don't you? Think? Oh, they, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's the guest. I'll let her answer. Go ahead. Oh, what me? I just don't think. Yeah, I don't. I think you can make a lot more money if you are a beta and are able to be sit sit calmly and quietly and wait for and be patient and allow business to you know, arrive at you organically as opposed to just blundering ahead like hot headed. I think alpha is a vibe because um, like I think David Letterman is an alpha. I think Stephen Colbert is a beta and they both, you know, have their own shows. They're both uh, right. rich and everything. But, you know, there's just a certain Letterman is just an alpha male to me. Also, there's certain people who in any group of friends 
through their lives will always end up gravitating to be like the leader of that group or what one of the people, you know, the, the, the leader, not a follower. That's an alpha personality, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've, and physical strength, you could be a beta with, uh, you could be a super strong physical beta, I believe. I think it's a personality thing. Yeah, I think it's a personality thing. I agree with you, Jordan, though. I do think that, you know, to be like level headed and not reactionary and not like hot tempered is, um, I don't know. I had an eye wind up with an alpha male. I never was. Do I know who you're with? I don't know. I don't no, know he's not a comic or anything. No, he's, not, he's not in our world. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Jordan's been to a couple of my shows. She might has she been to the See You Next Tuesday? She has been to the See You Next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, Robert Kelly is an alpha male, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. But I don't think like I don't think Louis J. Gomez is is an alpha. I don't really know him. I know I he's a he legion. Wants of to be guy. really bad, but I don't think he is. I think Bobby's like quintessential alpha. Oh, man. Yeah, Bobby's totally quintessential. And Louis J. Gomez is like desperately trying to not be a beta, but is I don't know him, so I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I can't. Fun, I knew, this is a I fun knew. game, though. I like. I it. can't comment on whether Louis is a beta because I don't know him. Beta but might beat you up. Negative. Also, <laughs> beta is like yeah, I. Beta does have a, I think, an uh, inclination to witness and be like, I'm going to learn from the things that I see and not like I'm going, I should be. Like I was at work the other day, I was doing an art handling gig and everybody was trying to alpha and it was so, it was just so frustrating and nothing could get done. But the one person who wasn't being an alpha was actually leading all of us, you know what I mean? Because they were the only person who had Is it fair to say in the modern world that we'd be... We, we could do without alpha males, but we'd be in real trouble without the betas. I do I think mean, the, the bonobos prove that to be correct because these, I think it was bonobos, they, they got rid of their alpha because he was like raping women or hurting people or hurting monkeys. And or people. Or people, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of, they're almost people. Bonobos are so close. And then they, they basically got rid of him and the scientists who were watching them assumed that a new alpha would be chosen, but it wasn't chosen. It became way more, the betas and the women all lived together like super well and everything was cool and they just didn't have like a tyrant. So the alphas are like not necessary. Yeah, and in the modern world, I mean, they, they, you know, um, what, what are the alphas really adding to the to the stew? I mean, they can, they can maybe they make you come, I guess. That's, that's, that's a not strong value. That's a, you know. But that is, well, I think, what the, I think that's the problem. I mean, I think that that's why they exist is because they are biologically enticing because they, as a woman, you're like you're gonna you're gonna protect me. If somebody does try and hurt my baby, you will stop them, which is you're not necessarily. Gonna, but you won't necessarily make. Them which fun. is which is fine, like in the, yeah. in the in the in the state of nature, but in the modern world, maybe that's not quite as as necessary. And we need the betas but to you can't to, help it, you know, to uh, to ha- all this wonderful technology that we have. Yes, that's true. You know, um, although Musk seems alpha like to me. Musk, Elon. no way, he's like. He, no, he would get immediately demolished in the wild. He could not. He couldn't put anything together for himself. I, I thought beta meant follower. You can't have all followers. You have to have. You have to have leaders. I mean, who's going to stand up to social injustice? Alpha males stand up to social injustice, right? You, you can't have the the betas will betas will follow whoever it is that's in charge. You need you need moral upright alpha males or alpha people. Okay, beta is. Yeah, maybe we're we're not settled on the definition. I'm just like I I just using alpha as like a guy that's really good with women and really like you know, um, confident and so on. It's a hierarchical hierarchical uh, uh, 
to me. That's what I, that's how I always took it. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're necessarily inherently beta men meaning. Yeah, I guess if you need to fight a war, you need an alpha male, or 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 or, or, or as you said, to fight for a cause, not necessarily a war. So Dan, how about if they remake Pinocchio, mm-hmm. but then Pinocchio says, "I want to be a real girl." Oh, that's so good. That's such a great idea. <laughs> and Geppetto, he doesn't question it. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing that Biden just said? He did a whole talk where he was like, I don't know, but there's one segment of the speech where he goes, when kids say to their coaches, coach, I'm gay. <laughs> Dad, I'm transgender. <laughs> He's just so out of touch that he doesn't even say it right. It's so funny. I watched that segment over and over. Dad, I'm transgender. <laughs> transgender? Transgender. Well, that's what Louis C.K. is transgender. He's transgender. What? He, he, he identifies as, you know, a red, he is a redhead. But anyway, whatever. I was trying to make a joke. But, um, <laughs> no, how long have you been sitting on that Pinocchio thing? <laughs> not a long time. <laughs> I don't remember when I was reading about Pinocchio and says, I want to be a real boy. There's a quote. There. I, think, I think Pinocchio says, I want to be a real boy or something. And I just, and I was thinking about one of my arguments with Periel about, you know, trans, trans stuff. I was like, what if it'd be kind of cute, you know, 2021 remake if he actually said, I want to be a real girl. It's such he, a good idea. It really he went is from good... went from little boy puppet to alive boy puppet to girl to human yeah, girl well, um, it's not a bad <laughs> idea. not the human girl actually the human trans boy like, like a girl but he's still pinocchio we don't know if idea. he's we don't know if he's had the surgery or not doesn't matter right because trans his, trans puppets are, he keeps are women the truth to make his dick go in and then <laughs> <make his> <laughs> whenever, <laughs> whenever he tells a lie she tells a lie yeah anyway <laughs> whenever she tells a lie her dick grows <laughs> yeah, her dick, <laughs> not bad not bad are you you're feeling better last time i saw jordan you were all out of sorts because you had eaten um <gasps> that was so fucked up that was a horrible i had eaten a 50 milligram edible that was bad do it, you have any idea how much weed that is like you're supposed i to did that one time like a bite she ate 50 it was actually, I can't believe I didn't make myself puke. I don't, I didn't even think of it at the time because I was panicking. So Does that much. work? You give you puke it out? Can you even puke just out to try. THC? I mean, 50 milligrams yeah. is the, I got it from the guy I was dating who is like full blown, can do any drug known to man. And he was like, you're, this is going to be pretty fucked up for you. I'm really sorry. I'm going to like stay with you because it's going to be crazy. And I actually was okay. And now since the edible, I can like handle weed. I've been like using it to go to sleep and stuff. It like blew out my what? THC receptors. You so now you were like wandering around the park. Oh yeah, like I had to be. Rel- I literally, he was driving me home, and I was like, "You need to let you need to let me out. I need to be in nature." And I just wandered around Prospect Park like a lost child with like a jug of water. It was the craziest. Yeah, thing. I, I was speaking to somebody just last night who told me his worst drug experience, and he's done them all. Was weed. I yeah. mean, even more so than acid. He told me. Uh, or or mushrooms. He he's had worse experiences on marijuana. It's than on all those other things. It's now, the most difficult drug in my opinion. Acid, you can. You're like this is. It, acid. If you have your shit sorted out, it will have hit its shit sorted out. But weed will make you have unsorted shit. It will give you. It will. It it, it will tell you that your heart is going to stop. It will tell you that you have to like. 
your tongue isn't sitting right in your mouth. It will just say insane shit to you, whereas acid will just like illuminate shit that you need to. Right. So if you're if you're if you're if you're already a little not quite right, acid is certainly not recommended. But you're saying if you if you got your shit together, acid is less likely to fuck you up than weed. Yeah, weed will fuck up anybody. Acid, you can you can really. I mean, I. How long were you high for? Two days. I mean, two days. Like, I took another, I took a bite of this edible with, with Jack the other day, the kid I'm dating. He took a bite of it, too. And it, he took literally a fifth of what I had eaten. And he, we were watching a zombie movie, and he's like a full pothead. He can do whatever. And he was going into shock. Like, his body was shaking uncontrollable because he was, like, scared at this movie. And the next day was like, man, I cannot believe that you it ate may, maybe Maybe they should legalize... Acid or mushrooms? They or should something. leave and, like and, mushrooms. And, I mean, you know, again, I I don't want to. Well, she. I mean, I've never taken acid, but this we're talking about extreme weed thing here. Most people, most you know, don't take that level of weed. They they use it for a, a smaller, more gentle high. But I had the same experience. It was before edibles. It was a pot brownie, and I ate the whole thing. Oh, the whole, yeah, yeah. and I and I stood up and it was just like a Hitchcock movie. And the and the person in front of me stayed there and the room just elongated. <laughs> and I didn't want to tell anybody because I was embarrassed because I had purposely eaten the whole thing because I didn't want my friend to get any of it. And I was, I was hoarding it with Steve Fabricant. And um, oh and I just God. slowly I slowly walked to the other side. I, like the, it was a big apartment. I walked into my bedroom. I didn't tell anybody. And I literally remember thinking I was going to die. Yeah. And I didn't want to, but my father was still alive then. And I figured I'd rather die here than my father see me pulled out in an ambulance for eating pot brownies. And I, and I, it was a, and I was high for like almost, I wouldn't say it was two days, maybe at least, at least 36 hours, at least a day and a half. Did you, and it was horrible. Did, did you eat the whole brownie because you wanted just a brownie? You just thought it was an, a normal brownie or did you th- know it was? a? Weed? No, I knew I knew it was a pot no, brownie, but so fucking dangerous. These edible, I mean, you could just give somebody a brownie. I mean, when you smoke pot, you know you're smoking. So it's you. You're not going to do too much. I mean, you might do too much, but you kind of know. The gummy the, I the ate was this big. Eat, it was this big. You won't. It didn't taste like weed at all. Right. So you could eat. You could give somebody a brownie and say, "Hey, here's a brownie," and they wouldn't even know. And next thing you know, I mean, it could. I could have been hospitalized. He could have been hospitalized. The brownies are fucked up. I don't know why, yeah, but I've the brown been immobilized is, yeah. from brownies. I still don't think I'm the same. I actually think it, it had a, 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 a permanent effect on me. I never felt the same after that night. Are you I'm serious? telling you, it's really weed is fucked up. I quit drinking and now I do every drug known to man. I can't. She, some guy just chased me down the block. Three blocks, this guy chasing me going, I'm going to kill you, you Stevie Nicks looking ass bitch. I almost turned around and was like, do I really look like Stevie Nicks though or what? <laughs> I'm so fucking sick-brained. God, everything's nuts. Pride was fucking crazy. I was raised by three lesbian moms, so all these fucking people out there, the little women with the fashion mullets, I kept trying to spin around and be like, mom, is that one of you by any chance? That's funny, the fashion mullets is a new thing. It's a Brooklyn thing. It's the most, it's bizarre because it's the racist haircut on the most politically correct women. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what happens. Like they go into the barber and they're like, hey, could you give me like a young Leo on top with sort of like a white supremacist in the back? And the barber's like, sure, you want to look like a hillbilly man? And they're like, okay, actually it's hill person and gender is fluid, okay? We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We don't know what time. God damn. I just got, I got on Hinge for fuck's sake. What a terrible place to be. Jesus. 
It's just where these woke cowboys live. You know what I mean? These what are they doing? They have like don't tread on me snake tattoos, but then like they name their dog Malcolm X. It doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. All of them write in their bios. They're like, you know, give a few words to describe yourself, and they're like, I'm a Marxist, socialist, communist. And it'll be the prompt will be like, what do you want to do on the first date? And they're like, I want to slowly dismantle capitalism. <laughs> But then you look at what these idiots do for a living and they're like, I'm a freelance pickle brewer. And you're like, you're poor is what this is. You're just poor. <laughs> God, I, wanna, I, I had to get off Tinder because I can't, the guys are too hot on Tinder. I'm intimidated immediately. I used to be a fat curl. Okay, the seesaw wasn't a good time for me, all right? I would see, but I never saw, okay? <laughs> I was a fat little mall goth. Remember those? Remember fat little mall? Remember when all girls in middle, fat girls in middle school had to choose between punk rock or Wiccan for some reason? You remember that? I was Spencer's gift, okay? <laughs> so Tinder, I hate these men. They're too attractive. They scare me. And so what I do is I would write to all of them, would you rather, this is a good one, Kiss the tip of your dad's dick once a week. This is gonna keep you up tonight. Or blow him to completion once a year. Pretty good, right? I always, I, I always want to be like, hey, I didn't write it, but I did. I wrote it with my hand. I wrote it down. The funniest thing is all these dudes respond to me with just full dissertations, okay? <laughs> Just like novellas, it's unbelievable. And I always write back, oh, ew, and then unmatch them immediately. <laughs> I just love the idea of like, am, am I fucked up? What the hell happened? We don't know how my dad died, but he used to smoke 11 joints a day, and I'm convinced that... Well, it, I know how your dad died. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced that the weed gave him a weird heart thing. I've never felt my heart be weirder than with weed. It's like I think what weed taught me because I had one very bad experience. I thought the cops were coming to get me. I was like in a in a dark room and because I put myself in a dark room because I thought that would be helpful. But I was just like the cops <laughs> like they be would be able to see pounding you. on the no. I just thought it would calm me down. Yeah. I thought the cops were going to come pounding on the door. It was it was the worst I've ever felt. It was horrifying. Yeah. I and, and as far as a permanent effect that it's had on me. First of all, every now and again, like. You know, I because I know it's there. I know that, I know that I think I'm in control of my brain, but I'm really not. Mm -hmm. My brain is a chemical soup. If it decides to go in that direction, it'll go in that direction. Yeah. I ain't got shit to say about it. Yeah. I mean, I can't control. You know, you you really realize that like your thoughts are not your own. We're machines. Yeah. So you put something into the machine, right. and it, to take the machine. I also had the same realization when I got the propofol for my colonoscopy, where they just What's a popofol? Propofol is what they give you. It's an anesthesia. So what Michael Jackson used to take to go to they, sleep. It, it's it's basically it's a switch. Oh. It turns you off. I mean, you don't even feel it coming. They they put they put the in your arm an IV, and then they start it, and you don't even feel like you're drifting off. You just it's like it, you for two seconds you're like oh I don't feel it, and then boom wow. you shut off, and then you wake up an hour later or whatever it is. Or, you know, nine hours. Later. Whatever they decide to do, mm. you know. With a um, sore ass. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a Cosby colon, date. <laughs> my colon was, uh, there was nothing going on in there. They didn't have to do anything. They didn't That's have great. to do any autopsies or whatever. 
Not autopsy. 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 I mean, uh, biopsy. Biopsy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or autopsy. Or that would have been. Did you ever? Did you ever have a? It, it's. I find it disconcerting. Like sometimes I'll be high, and I'll I'll have trouble easily recognizing very regular everyday things like a street or a location. Like it just won't. It just won't. It won't process correctly something that and and it makes me feel like I'm just a membrane, a, t- a tissue paper width away from losing. Like if this little amount of weed. <laughs> And make everyday understanding daunting. Like, 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 am I just hanging on by a thread? Yeah, yeah I think the are. answer is yes. yes and it's, are. it's, it's quite amazing that we, 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 generally speaking, don't tip over into insanity. You're not. Well, I don't get that with alcohol. I can, no, I can no. be shit drunk and think, it. think pretty clearly. I cannot think clearly on weed. Your genetics make it so you won't lose your brain as I mean, as lose your mind as somebody who as I literally spent my entire life being so afraid that I was going to lose my mind and start hurting people or hurt myself or jump off of buildings. You can't even if you were like, OK, now I'm just going to be a crazy person. Even if you were high, you couldn't do it. All the weed is is it's just fear. You're just paralyzed with fear. And your brain is is sending all sorts of things being like you need to freak the fuck out because something is wrong. And why it, does it make you paranoid? Why? Do, well, why does I, I don't know. I don't know the chemistry behind it, but I know that what it does is like like for me, like for Dan, it was like the cops were your fear. That's crazy to me. I've never I've been arrested three times. I've never been scared of the cops on weed, but so many people get scared of cops on weed. For me, it was like I'm scared of schizophrenia. That's like my big fear. Well, I thought I also thought that it, I would never, I would never go back to normal. I did right. have that fear, you know, and uh, so I did think that, like, oh, is this it? I mean, because this is not. Uh, I when can't. was this? This was a long time ago. It was in the '90s. And you haven't smoked weed since. I have, but very, very not often, and just a tiny, tiny bit. And let's see where it takes me, because I was yeah. inexperienced, yeah. and I just smoked a shit ton because I didn't know. And it felt good. It was like, this is great. So the logical thing was, if this is great, then even more would be better. That's what I thought, because I didn't know any better. And then I took this huge, huge hit on a bong, and all of a sudden, everything went black. (laughs) Everything went, it was like, everything went black and white. It was like a short circuit. It it happened instantly, like, and Do do you like having sex on weed, Dan? Well, I'd never have Oh, on weed. I like having sex on weed. I mean, I um, like having, yeah, sex on weed. I really, the the worst thing that ever happened to me with weed is one time I, I, me and my friend used to smoke blunts after blunts after blunts. We were serious potheads, but one day we just it we took it too far and we shotgunned a blunt to each other. And she looked at me and she goes, "There's something wrong with your eyes." And I was like, "What do you mean something wrong with my eyes?" And she was like, "One of your," she was like, "I'm so sorry, I can't look at you. It's really freaking me out. But one of your pupils is super big and the other one is super small." And I was like, fuck you, you're high. There's no fucking way. And I went and looked in the mirror and one of my pupils was like a pinprick and the other was huge. Oh my and I God. Just, I immediately told, went to my friend and I was like, you need to go get my mom. And I just immediately went into shock, and which is where you're just shaking uncontrollably. And Brianna, my best friend and my mom, just like literally like pancaked me and like, we're just like, we're going to do square breathing. And we have, we still have no idea how that happened, but it, it happened for like, a few weeks after every time I smoked weed, one of my pupils would get super big. It was so terrifying. I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah, totally. Fine. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, maybe reefer madness was right. You know, at the end of the day, on some level, you know, I can't play when, when I smoke pot. Like other guys can play. They 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 can play better when they get high. 
I I can't even I can't do it. Do you smoke pot? I don't think I've ever seen you smoke pot in my life. I mean, he's around comics all the time, so you got to be bullied into it several times. Uh, I, I, I go through I go through periods in my life where I've been hanging out, like going to fall in certain routines, mostly before I was a parent, where I would smoke, you know, with some regularity. Okay, but in the past two years, well, Liz got me these um these uh the Tootsie Roll edibles. Yeah, had, oh my yeah, god, the Tootsie Rolls those. are fucked up. Yeah, so I'll I, I I'll eat half of those sometimes. How old is your kid? I have three. They're nine, eight, and four. Oh, so they're going to start getting into weed. I hope not. And I'm petrified of these edibles, too, because they literally look like Tootsie Rolls with the Tootsie Roll wrapper and all that stuff. So, like, you can't have that around kids because they'll eat it. So I have them literally under lock and key. And if oh, you good. try to take one or eat a piece of it or give one to somebody, well, what if what if ballistic. A, what if yeah. a little kid, you found out you see Manny ate the entire Tootsie Roll? What do you, I guess you go to the hospital right away. No, no, no you, just do, you do the meditation. You or just, maybe you, do put, you, you give him like... Uh, no, you I mean, hopefully he'll just sleep it off. Pump a stomach. For, no, if a little kid eats weed, they... Dude, I've seen little kids eat weed and they can... I, Brianna, the one I was just talking about, her mom was like a deadhead. And Brianna accidentally got super high as a little kid, and she just was like, "I want candy," and they went and like ate a bunch of candy. Like kids can fucking handle it. We're the non-plastic ones. We're the insane. Wow, people. that's interesting. We do want to uh, underline that we're not advocating giving your kids marijuana. Oh, this is uh, Jordan's. I don't opinion. think that's been peer reviewed, as they say. <laughs> I'm not sure that study is. It uh, may or may not be the case. It's an I'm interesting. Sure it's it's an interesting question whether or not kids uh, oh, it somehow makes sense. Okay, you know, we, we got to wrap it up. But let's let's just ask: is there any is there any hot issue, Jordan? What is it? First of all, why is the comedy seller like I didn't see this coming, but it seems like the comedy world is slightly anti-vax. Uh, some of the other clubs, some of the some of the other comics, we're, we're like totally um, in the vax camp. Right. We had every comedian had to be vaccinated and all that stuff. But now um, now that the city is requiring all this stuff, I don't know, Jordan, what's the word on the street? Like at the stand. They, they don't cotton to that vac stuff, right? They don't like it so much. I mean, okay, there is something insane going on with comedians becoming very like, uh, especially I don't know though. It, it's been it's it's become a theme where comedians are becoming very conspiracy theory, which I don't know what that's all about. I don't know if it's because we're in an echo chamber or because like comedians are lazy and aren't gonna like read the news, so they just get lost in their little, you know. It it, it is like a bizarre group think where it's. I don't know. Maybe it's a narcissism, but I do think that um, a big I mean, I think an aspect of it is comedians think that because we stand on stage and we hold a microphone that we have that we get to say what we think about politics and everything else. So I think that it's just a louder voice because we literally have microphones and platforms to talk on. You know what I mean? But I do. Yeah, I don't know. For other ven for other clubs that I work, it's I mean. I've never you're the seller is the only one that's required any vaccination. Other ones are like, are you vaccinated? And if you are, you'll do different shows. First of all, the seller can afford to 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 put up restrictions. Other clubs are just trying to get any customers they can. Not we get more customers by being vax only, I believe. I I don't know. I don't I know that you asked Jordan this question, but I'm going to tell you that in the beginning when we were doing it before anybody else and I was too. I got a lot of pushback and like it's fucked up and why are you doing that? And more recently, I've had a lot of comics 
tell me we're so glad that you guys are taking these precautions, especially the ones who have kids. Um, yeah. Are like, thank you for like. I, I think mo most comics are probably pro-vax, but there there does seem to be a group of comics. A lot of them work at Compound Media. Yeah. You know, those podcasters. Well, Rogan. Rogan also is a big uh, thought leader and he's he's not Mr. Provax. You know, I'm not I, I don't I don't know if know enough about his position to say that he's anti-vax, but he's definitely not. Uh, I just think there's a lot of comics and comics make their opinions known. And so some number of them, just like some number of the general population are, are uh, anti-vax. It's just also that people are people think that if a club requires you to be vaccinated, that the next step is the government will require you to be vaccinated. And you say that to a comedian and, and I mean, you say that to you say that to anybody who and comedians typically have this like bizarre libertarian pull because it kind of makes pe people who are funny are typically people who are analytical and people who are analytical are ones who have pushback against like the zeitgeist, which I mean, I went through my Ayn Rand phase. You know what I mean? Like we've all gone through our like Nietzsche weird phase. I mean, the literary references coming out of Jordan tonight are Afka, Ayn Rand. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. sorry. I'm really sorry. Okay. No, no, it's good. I have three lesbian mothers. All right. I have to do it to make them proud. Okay, and uh, yeah, I never read Metamorphosis. Go ahead. So it's great. It was Jewish Kafka, right? He's so good. Yeah, he, he Franz Kafka. I know. I, I just know if they're Jewish or not. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but I do think you know it is just like there. It is this whole like if you know you're going to take away my freedom and my liberty if the if the clubs require it, then what's next? And it's like the club is a is a independent business. Like they get to you know what I mean. It's the same theory of being you know what I mean. It's just like a bizarre. Well, well it's, it's also it's also the opposite because the, the government doesn't want to require everybody to take a vaccination because it's a, it's it's difficult for the government to order people to do something like that. But who if people would just get vaccinated, it wouldn't be an issue that the government really had to deal with. Mm -hmm. But uh, did anybody see it coming? Like for for a year and a half, we were all sitting home saying, when are they going to get this vaccination? Like when they get the vaccine, it'll it'll be the best thing. You know, Trump's lying. He'll never get the vaccine when he says he does, uh, when he says he will. And then the vaccine comes and people are like, did anybody see it coming that people wouldn't want to take it? That that totally yes, came out of left field for yes, me because mm. during and, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And the people who were talking about not wanting to take it at the time were saying, um, I don't know if I'm going to trust any vaccine that Donald Trump is behind. That's what we would hear, like, you know, in the debate. Well, I don't know if, if Donald Trump is the one. I don't know if we can really trust he's being careful. But I never, ever saw that right wing people, Republicans and comedians. A lot and of people were, think, were thinking that the whole pandemic was a sham. And we had that guy, that crazy guy on the show. Alex Berenson. Alex Berenson, who thought the whole thing was a scam. And he had millions of followers on Twitter. So, yes, there were people that were. You had somebody like that on here. That's awesome. Yeah, we he was had, open. Well, to he it? was uh, on Zoom. We zoomed it. It was during the pan, the height of the you know lockdown. Well, I don't think they knew quite what they were getting themselves entangled in. Like I know he, he wasn't that you crazy on the podcast, uh, but he said some crazy things after, on Twitter. Right? But on the podcast itself, he, he wasn't that nutty. He was he was saying some things I thought were sensible and some things maybe that I didn't agree with. But um, but but he's very much of a mind that the whole pandemic is, is kind of a hoax. And he's got a lot of people that agree with him. So those 
Yeah, Hulk. Hulk's in a sense that he thinks we're overreacting to it. But overreacting. Now that he doesn't. I hung out with a flat earther the other day. A good friend of mine admitted to being a full flat earther. Oh my Mm -hmm. god! Full religious zealot flat earther. Well, I don't know if I could be friends with somebody who's a flat earther just because that must manifest itself in other ways. I mean, if you're insane enough to believe that, then I would imagine you have some other crazy things. I, I, it didn't manifest. It doesn't manifest itself in other ways. It's very bizarre. It's How long have you known this person? Many years, like 10 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. It just slowly started unveiling itself into flat earth. It's because it starts with they're like a Christian, and then it's a First Testament Christian, and then it's the earth is resting on the four pillars and under firmament Christian, and then it's flat earther, and it's just like, wow. I, I don't know. No, the, you, the Bible says the earth is flat. I mean. It does. It says that the, the First Testament says in Genesis, I think that it's, re- and I know this because he's sent me all this literature on it, that it's four pillars with a firmament over it and the stars are whole holes in the firmament. Oh boy. This is this is a verifiable uh get in a car and drive to the to the <laughs> earth, right? I mean it's not like not like you really have to live life in questioning your faith here. You could just go check it out. This is also a very successful person. I can't say who it is, but it's a very successful person. It's really bizarre to me. Yeah. I mean we were and also they everything that you have to Everything that I've ever brought up against this person, they've had like a really like a sound argument to be like, well, like Antarctica, I guess, is the perimeter of the firmament and we don't fly over Antarctica. And I was like, of course we fly over Antarctica. And then I looked it up and planes don't fly over Antarctica. And they do fly over the North Pole. Uh, I know they don't. I'm pretty sure they fly over the North Pole. You think, but they but then you look it up and you don't. I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) I mean, it's like this bizarre. And the whole thing is it's all you can't refute anything this person says because you're like, well, why? Why do we go to the moon? Why do we have these planets? And they're like, oh, because Satan is trying to convince you of science. Stop. Yeah. And you're like, then there's no way we can argue this. There's no debate here. It's hey, Dan, Columbus, Columbus. I never thought of it. Columbus thought he was going to go west. To get east to India? Is that how is that how it was supposed to be? Yeah, I believe so, yes. So he didn't get very far west, right? Like he only got to well, the he, he hit the new world. So right. But he still thought he was in India. Like, what does that tell us about how fast like or or this or how big he thought the earth was? Or like how could he think in that short amount of days he would have been all the way around the world to India? Well, I guess uh, he thought the it, earth was a lot smaller than 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 it is. Right. It's interesting when you think about what it must have implied about his view of the. But the I don't geography. know. I don't know if we knew back then how big the earth was. No, we didn't. But I mean, people people thought I think some people might have known. And some people thought the earth was flat back then. Right. Well, I think that's over. I've heard that that's exaggerated. We learned it as kids that like Columbus was proving that the earth was round. But apparently people really already knew that, except for Jordan's friend. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. <laughs> we have to wrap up. But I do have one question. Doesn't the government already mandate you get a whole bunch of vaccines in order to attend? Yeah, school? that's what doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. don't you, you? Well, they also mandate that you go to jury duty, that you join the army. Stop if, it, red in the lights. Event of a war. I mean, they may, uh, government mandates a lot of things. No, but specifically vaccines. Right, they do. I believe. Right, Noam, you have to be. Vac- I think you can opt you don't out have to be vac- because government yeah. mandates that kids get vaccinated. And of course, the, the 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 only vaccine thus far that's been FDA approved is Pfizer now was just approved on Monday. So they, they couldn't, I don't see how they could really mandate it if it's not FDA approved. But now that it well, is point, FDA approved. The point what? is that we've been mandated. Our, 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 our kids are mandated or? or right. It, I, I think kids, out. I think kids are mandated to go to school, if but to I've never heard of adults kids. being mandated to take vaccines, to go to a restaurant. You know, that's 
unprecedented. Yeah, that's unprecedented. But, but the, schools, I mean, you have to be vaccinated to go to school. Yeah, but the kids can't even take the vaccine. So it's a little on its no, head. Not co- not the COVID one. I'm I mean, well, for- what's interesting, I mean, yeah, you're right. saying why are people so against requiring vaccines all of a sudden when we already well, also like I, I don't want to get into one of these the same people because that's like a common sort of social media thing nowadays to say the same people. But it seems like a lot of people that would might accuse somebody of being a draft dodger would then also be against the government making you get uh, vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, I mean, is there any larger infringement of freedom than telling somebody they have to go to war, they have to put on a uniform and get sent Look, overseas? And, 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 I, and I don't hear the argument made. I, uh, I will. I'll make the argument, Dan. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I believe it, but I don't think it's crazy that. People like me, who have a, or even you, we have a, we have a legitimate risk of, of getting very sick from COVID or dying. So it's a kind of an easy choice for us. But for a person who's 18 years old, who has a minuscule chance, comparable to the flu, of dying from COVID, they say, listen, this vaccine just came out of a, a bottle a year ago and no, nothing's ever been developed this fast. And I don't really know and can't be sure that that this won't have a long term consequence of my health. And I don't want to take it. You know, I would point is how many of those people would have suited up and gone to Afghanistan? You know, that's 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 their their choice. No, no, but I mean, uh, that's true. But 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 or would have objected to a draft or would have accused somebody of dodging the draft. Well, we respect conscientious objectors in this country. And um, I'm just saying, like. We've talked about it before. When they approve the vaccine for my kids, I'm going to give them the vaccine. Because I don't see the alternative as being viable, but I'm not like, I don't have any fear. I'm not worried at all. I'm sure this is safe. I don't. I mean, it, how how sure can you be? As I told Perry, I'm sure as shit when you okay, are going to get there's, it. There's a, there's a, there's, you can Google this. There's a whole new thing now that antibiotics given to children two and under are now associated with um, neurological problems as adults. Antibiotics. We've been told these antibiotics are safe. Told they're safe, told they're safe, told they're safe. And now they're finding that actually maybe it's not so good to give antibiotics to, to infants. So you just don't know. And then add sprinkle on top of that, that it's an mRNA, brand new technology for us. I'm out of the box. And people are just, they're like, this my body. I'm not comfortable with the risk yet. And I don't think anybody can make me. But however, I do think that's fine. But then it is perfectly reasonable to say fine. But then you can't come out into the restaurants with the rest of us because you you don't have the right to put my kids in danger. You know, so I, 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 yeah, get I don't that. really see why that uh, is there actually a, a talk on the table of there being a government governmented mandate for the vaccine? Well, like the military, they're, they're mandating it in the military. It and I, is. I mean, it's well, New York it's, state. I thought this uh, now it has. You have to. My, I mean, my son's oh, school, you have to be vaccinated. If you're of age, like if you're old enough to be vaccinated, you have to be vaccinated. Mm. And all the staff has to be vaccinated. The, the problem is that there's no, there's no principle that you can really apply across the board, because let's say this particular virus was much more deadly. Or let's play in, instead of being so deadly to 80 year olds, Let's say the high risk group was young children and we lost 300,000 young children. Like, yeah, we'd have to mandate this vaccine to all adults. Right. We would have to do that. So the principle has to bend at some point. The principle of civil liberties and freedom would have to bend at some point of public health emergency, which is just 
intolerable and we just have to do it. Right. But this this particular COVID thing is so wily. It's like kind of right in the middle and it and it's wildly different risk profiles. And so it's like it's like the perfect storm of of uh, you can make arguments from either side. But I don't think there is any principle that anybody decision, could apply a about. Decision this. has to be made. I mean, yeah, some decision know, has to be made. Decision yeah. has to be made. Just like going to war. Decision. The war may not be a good idea. Maybe a good idea. Maybe you know. People say, well, we didn't know to need to go to you know war in in World War One, but a decision was made. And once a decision is made, as a society, yeah. right, people can't make up their own rule. Right. You just have like you. You don't really have a choice. Like, what's the other option? I mean, for the kids too, right? Like, what's the alternative? Yeah. I mean, I'm still wearing this fucking mask just because I'm terrified well, of giving it to my And it's disconcerting. Son. It's disconcerting. Oh, you're terrified of giving it to yourself? Yeah, I don't give a shit. I mean, I'm fine. Like, even if I got, I've, ha- I've had COVID, I'm double vaccinated. I mean, I know I could get a breakthrough infection. All right, I'll probably be okay. But I have an unvaccinated child at home. Get your a- third shot of Moderna. I'm telling you, follow the data. I will, Dr. Dorman. I will. Just those particular masks, I find kind of looking at them. I mean, yeah, it's we're a talk- nightmare. You think I want to be in this? It looks mess? creepy. You look like but the like, fl- um, fly. But like in comedy clubs and <laughs> podcasts and rooms with people who are, you know, out and about. And I don't, what's my other choice is to not leave the house. I thought children were not. Well, the Delta now, I think, you know, it's 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 small percentage, but it's it's small, but not zero percentage of children that are getting into trouble. They're getting with, a lot the Delta, sicker, uh, and a lot variant. more of them are getting sick. And no, no, so you, you say that, but you don't know. We, that's not. Well, Periel just says whatever she hears, but that's not. That's Periel not. Periel does not just say whatever she. The hears. data. The data does not say that they're getting. The data does not say that they're getting sicker. There's more of them getting it because they're the they're the unvaccinated group, and the spreading much faster among unvaccinated. But the data and I did more see. Of them are in the hospital. N- more in, in, in actual numbers, but not more necessarily as a percentage of people who get sick. But one out of 100 kids are going to the hospital. And that's a lot. As I my, the way I illustrate it is that the odds of getting um, doubles three times in Monopoly and, and you know going to jail mm-hmm. is one out of 216. Oh, so wow. this is half the odds. If your kid gets covid. It's, it's twice as likely that he'll go to the hospital than she would have rolled doubles three times in a row. But everybody's rolled doubles three times in a row. These are not like crazy, like win the lottery odds. This is something that we all do with some. So it's very scary. It's very scary. Odds. Now, very, very, very few of them die. Nobody knows about the long term effects. I have long term effects. I still don't have my smell fully recovered. And it's like a it's been a year without full smell. And it's a fucking nightmare i mean it's it sucks and i was so you know lazy fair i mean i didn't give a fuck i was like i went bowling the night everything shut down and did shows everywhere and went to a party and i was like fuck it if i get it i'll be fine and it blows i mean i cannot I, if i had a thousand smells before i have like 30 now is it gradually getting better um i like to say that it is i mean the problem is is that the synapses are broken so things keep it's like a misfiring so like if you were to give me a bunch of uh perfumes or chemically smells they all smell the same to me and it's all completely like horrible like i can't go in taste because my taste is fine it always was fine so like i can't go into nail salons i can't go into like bed bath and beyond i can't go into anything that has too strong of because i there's no differentiation so it's all just this horrible 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 chemical smell 
And then that same thing happens with like a lot of organic smells, like all, all like body odor, all like people, you know, unsent, you know, just like yeah, 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 organic yeah. really what typically would just be like a sweaty kind of smell is now like a weird Chinese food bizarre. It's horrible. I lost my what? sense of taste and smell entirely too. And it was a nightmare. Yeah, what disturbs me about it, what you're saying, and I don't know if what I'm saying is scientifically correct, but it, it, it's some common sense there that it's saying that whatever the cells are that COVID attacks in your brain and your neurological, it may not come back. And it's very obvious when you can't smell. It's not so obvious when you just lose a little bit of your mental acuity. Right. And right. you can't really pin it down. But it's, but if those are the cells which COVID attack, then maybe those won't come back, you know? So it's, and you don't, it's scary. And you definitely don't want your kids to have that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's like this, you heard about this COVID fog. Uh, yeah. I hear talked about that sounds to me kind of like the the, um, the the cognitive version of losing your sense of smell. Well, Michael Rowland, a seller comic who I live with, who's my roommate, he was. Oh, really? Yeah. I love Michael. Yeah, he's, he's the best. Um, we he was talking to somebody outside the cellar and she was a um, crossword puzzle like professional or some shit. And she was like, it used to take me. 45 minutes to complete like the hardest one. And now it takes me two hours and it's Whoa. like, yeah, cause she's like a perfect, you know, that's like a perfect representation of brain fog. And she was like, it just, that is like a, you know, it, it's like the quantifiable difference. But before, well, so many people talk about, you know, they'll, they'll throw out statistics. Well, only so-and-so only so many people die of it, but there are these other potential effects and there's just suffering. Who wants to be really sick for, a week, two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. So it's not just about the death rate. It's about these other things. Uh, I think we probably should wrap it up. Yeah, I got to be on downstairs. We hope that uh, Jordan recovers her sense of smell. Mm hmm And we certainly all uh, wish that for her, as well as great career success. And she can be found at Jordan. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm only on Instagram at Jordan Jensen, LOL stop. J-O-R-D-A-N-J-E-N-S-E-N. Yes. Break out the real Jewish jokes, okay? All right, fine. I'll go do it. Let her rip. Let her rip. Uh, Finally. Jeez. Dan Natterman, you can buy my book, Iris Spiro Before COVID, at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And Perry also has two books out, uh, On My Knees and The Only Bush I Trust is My Own, also available on Amazon and, and BarnesandNoble.com. And I guess that's it. We'll Good see, night, everybody. We'll see you next time. I'm going to write a book. Good night. Okay, Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.